And we're back with the, with the latest episode of Strategy in the Virtual Controller. Um, I'm very excited uh, for today's episode because it is the second time in, uh, in our um, short podcasting history that we actually have a guest on. Uh, and I'm going to hand over to Penny very shortly, who will uh, introduce Rachel, our, uh, our guest. But um, folks, just a quick admin reminder, satvc.co satvc.co is where you can find the podcast obviously on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well um, and just a reminder about strategy in the virtual controller and, and what we're trying to do um, there's a lot of distractions out there in running business and running your accounting business and so what we're trying to do and in myself is is share some of uh, our insights and experiences of working with hundreds of firms uh, around the country and around the world and um, the, the the role of accountant and bookkeeper has changed dramatically and and control controller whether it's data whether it's numbers um, it seems to be a, a an obvious opportunity for accounts and bookkeepers that want to grow um, beyond that traditional compliance beyond that um, billable hour so uh, that's who we are strategy in the virtual controller um, I'm gonna keep quiet for probably the rest of the episode because I know Rachel and Penny will have a, a phenomenal discussion but Penny I'm still sitting in uh, Sydney Australia but you're in Nashville today and uh, you're with Rachel Siegel so Penny over to you and I'll, I'll have you introduce Rachel thank you Damien um, yes we're in Nashville Tennessee uh, Rachel's on vacation, and she called me at the last minute and said, fly out here. And uh, while we're out here, we have uh, an accounting firm that we both know who asked us to come in and spend a half a day to kind of go over something that Rachel does in her business on a regular basis with her employees, and that is go through after-tax season evaluation of the firm, the firm's clients, the firm's employees, process where the firm is. And Rachel uh, has been a CPA for how many years now, Rachel? Too many to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Rachel has two offices in the United States, on the East Coast of the United States. The name of her company is? Go Figure Accounting. Go Figure Accounting. And how many years have you uh, done this, Rachel, now? As Go Figure. As Go Figure, we're in four years. So four years as Go Figure. I knew Rachel for years way before that. Um, when she was in partnership with a CPA uh, firm up in New Jersey. And uh, four years ago, she went out on her own, scary. Um, uh, within a year, she said, I now have two offices, um, one in Florida and one in New Jersey. And then she had the third office in New Jersey. And at the end of four years, she has two offices more clients. And what did you announce today uh, in your meeting about the profit? So we follow the profit first methodology and we're mastery certified. So that also means we do it in our business. So over the first year of implementing this, our sales went up 33%, but more importantly, our net profit went up 187%. That's running two firms, two locations, excuse me, one firm, two locations. Uh, how many employees internally? Six. Six. How many outsourced do you have with us now? Three. It was two and a half, but we're increasing it to three. So um, how many people spend time in the office? All but one. One works completely remotely. And then our outsourced team works remotely, the three. Yeah. And the other people go into the New Jersey and the Florida office. Um, 
So one of the things that Rachel does, and, and, and the reason I know she does this is because she's invited me in on uh, several occasions where every year she and her team um, sit down and do a one-week retreat where they go through what? So during our retreat, the whole company gets together and it's not just for bonding, it's to work on the business instead of in the business. So we review what happened over the course of the last year. We review our goals. If we hit our goals, we review what works right and what works wrong. And then we find solutions for what works wrong, what isn't getting done quite well, what could we do better? What are some issues on the clients that we're seeing repeatedly? Because obviously something would have to change. Then we set our new goals for the new year and our individual goals as well. And Rachel, one of the things that you do do is you fire clients. Yes, we actually like to fire clients. So every year during the same retreat, we create what we call our kill list. If we hit our goals, our bonus at the end of hitting that goal is we get to fire clients. So the ones that we don't want to work with, um, that are just a pain, they don't value us. So we did this last year when we hit our goal. And I always tell my staff, because they're fairly new to it, that just because we want to fire them doesn't mean they want to leave. So we're really good at, okay, here's the solution. We're going to send them the letter. They need to go find somebody else. We always give them someone to go to. So they have someone. And I preempt that by telling the person I was going to send them the referral. So they're taken care of. But we also tell them what they need to do if they want to stay. And that always increases their fees and means that they have to do things our way. There's no detriment to them, but that means that it takes the stress off of us. And most of the time, those clients do stay with us. We get the increased fees and we get the workflow the way we want. And, and Rachel, can I just uh, interrupt there? I, I know I said I'd stay quiet, but I've already heard a couple of great things. What are some examples of these clients and because I think I think this is such an important part of an accounting firm's process and I love that you said for the most part most of these clients stay but give us some examples of what are the clients actually doing or not so doing in this particular instance the client is supposed to be worked on regularly does not send in the work regularly and then once it turned around you know, very quickly within a few hours or overnight. So it's always a firehouse situation, you know, putting mm -hmm. out that fire. So we hit our goals. Nobody wants to deal with this person because we know it's all the, her fault. Um, and she wouldn't follow our process and procedures. So we recommended someone else that we work with to go to. We would still do the tax return for her, just not the ongoing bookkeeping, et cetera. And she said, I don't want to leave. So I doubled her pricing for both of her companies <laughs> and I said, but we will only do this if we can grab the work ourselves. It has to be digital. We have to have access. And if you can't do that, we're not keeping you. She immediately gave us access the next day and I've doubled my fees on her. And now she's going to home. Yeah, and, and what do you think the problem was originally in terms of giving that digital access? Do you think it was... She she was worried about security. She was worried about something. She didn't know the technology. Oh, no, she was apprehensive. It's always been done. So people are stuck with, I've always done it this way. Why do I have to mm -hmm. change? 
So she got to the point of, you have to change or you have to change accountants. Which one do you want? And interesting, you doubled the fees. And and, and did you say that? I'm going to have to double the fees and oh, yeah. you're going to have to do it my way. Yes. And she got a proposal that she had to digitally sign before we would move forward. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So I, I, I do love that, that they would prefer to pay double the fees um, than change accountants. And I think that's... Clients don't leave um, accounting firms because of price. They leave because their their accountant doesn't, or this this feeling that their accountant doesn't care about them. But um, you sitting down with the client and saying, "Look, you've got to go unless it's our way or the highway," um, I, I think is a is an amazing experience. And so, is as you said, for the most part, most clients stick around. Most clients stick around, and if they don't, we know it's based on price alone which those are yeah. not the clients we want. And remember, each of the people in her office got to give their two cents about the client and their reason for killing the client. Right. So my whole staff builds the list. I actually am not the one who usually puts the clients on the kill list. It's the staff. So it's the ones the staff doesn't like to work on. And there's criteria, obviously. You know, mm-hmm. if somebody doesn't, you know, pay us well because their credit card's always maxed and we have to keep going back to get the payment up front. They're on the kill list because we don't like to spend time on that. We want to help our clients with our time and we don't want to spend extra time in the office. That's another thing they don't do. They do a lot of partying. And I am here to tell you, <laughs> as somebody who's years in my life partying, this chick wears me out. <laughs> but- but so does her whole crew. Yes. Well, we uh, have, have a good time. They have a good time. I mean, this is the happiest crew <laughs> I've ever run into. Um, and but the, but the other thing, too, is everything, it wasn't easy. Uh, one of the things about this, the firm that we were in today is we told them, we said, You've got, you're going to have to do all of this in three months. And that means that vacation you have listed up there on the wall is gone. Right. So Rachel said, and if I'm going to help you with this, so is my vacation gone. Because you got three, you got till December 31st to get your shit together and get your act together. Otherwise, come January, you're not going to succeed as a firm. And, and she's really good with that with her clients, with her employees, too. It's like we have an agenda. She started four years ago on a hope and a prayer that this was going to work because when I originally started working with her firm and her partner, I walked in because her partner hired me and he immediately said, well, you need to talk to her. And she and I sat down and it was like, oh my God, you're doing everything. Rachel's not the problem. <laughs> <laughs> you're not the problem, Rachel. And, and, and you know, we, 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 did, we did a little bit of work on process and procedure and then the next time she called me, I was on the cliff in a wetsuit and she said, can you tell me how to do something? I said, sure, give me a second. And I asked her, she goes, where are you? I said, she goes, what's that sound in the background? I said, those are waves. <laughs> and, and, and then she learned about, you know, being on a hosted solution, not having her own server. So over time, she took a lot of that and put it and implemented it into her new firm, Go Figure. And I, I, and I got to tell you, built an amazing group of people to work with that support her so that what do you get to do, Rachel? I get to meet with clients and have fun. So I can't do what I would do without my team. My team is amazing and they work really, really hard. And I 
I think, and I think they would tell you as well, that I treat them really, really well because they work really, really hard. They work smart. They don't work wrong. We make decisions as a team. Outside of tax planning and tax season, everyone's off three days a week. So we take Friday, Saturday, and Sundays off. They all have a three-day weekend. We work four days. If the clients are happy and the work is done, I don't care if they're working 40 hours, 45 hours, or 30 hours. Are the clients happy? Is the work done? That's all I care about. Yeah, Rachel, um, every one of my clients, we have to track time because my clients are all CPAs, okay? And Rachel is the only one who says, Penny, I don't give a shit about the timesheets. Just don't, I don't care about it. Did the work get done? Yeah. Did the work get done? Are the clients happy? That's all I care about. So when we look at, you know, do we need more staffing with the profit first method? We make sure we have our money in our operating account. If there's money there, then we look at how much work is not getting done at the end of the month. What's the carry forward to the next month? Is there bandwidth? Is it only five hours, in which case it might be a special project? Or is it over two or three months, a consistent 20, 30 hours, in which case we definitely need more help. So she calls me three months ahead of time to say, I need another half of seat. And then after that one, it was, she goes, and in two months, I'm going to need that to a full seat. Yep. So I have time to prepare. And we plan our new clients coming in. There was a month this year that I didn't take new clients because we were still getting some online and I knew the ones coming through, coming down the pipeline were large and they were gonna take more time. So I wanted to make sure everyone got in and updated and done and were happy before those hit. And the other thing too is um, workflow. Cause I, I, when I met Rachel back in those days, I was designing the workflow for all the accounting uh, offices in our group which we won't say the name of at this time. But um, I was developing the workflows for them. And one of the things I always said is, how come you don't have your whole team in the workflow? And every one of her employees is in the workflow. She can at any moment, even from her phone, log in, see which client's being worked on, what, what status it's in, and when's the priority for this work to be completed. And um, she just... She equalized her firm, but she's still responsible for everything. I still oversee everything. And one of the things we did at our retreat was we adjusted our organizational structure and everybody's responsibilities because this is my foundation for growth and my team is now in place. So as we move forward and have more expansive growth, our goal for the next 12 months calendar year is going to be another 30%. On top of that, we can now go out and buy other firms because now we have the infrastructure settled. Everyone knows what they're doing, when they're doing it, who's responsible. And if they need help, they have the rest of the team to depend on. We actually got office shirts and it says office squad. I will be there for you. Like the friends logo type thing, because that's how we operate. Okay, can I pause there because we've we've gone we've we've covered a lot of things. Now I'm gonna, I'm just going to sort of I've been feverishly writing notes. So if if it's okay, can we unpack a couple of those and and sort of dig a little deeper? Because I heard team, I heard profit first, I heard organizational structure, twelve month goals, workflow. So if it's all right, can we go back to a couple of those things that we have have 
discussed quite rapid fire and dig a little deeper into them. And let's start with team. Um, over the last four years, what's your turnover been like? Ha- have you had to find quite unique individuals in the accounting space or have, have the people that you've brought on, have they just sort of looked at uh, Go Figure Accounting and just thought, holy shit, finally. Like how, how as, as we sort of said, the, the client base is an evolution. What about the team and, and the people within the team? What are, what are some of their characteristics? One of the things I, I needed some staff when I first created Go Figure and it was hard to find somebody first. So I, I made a couple not great hires out of the need of having a person physically there. Um, but what we've done is we hire for the personality. I can train the task. I can train the skill. I can't train you to be you. So we have actually added um, an app that will send five mini tests to them. And some of them are personality tests. Some of them are little skill tests. And they also have to take a video so I can just see the person. And that's just honestly to make sure they can follow directions. It says you need a video. You have to put a video on there. I don't care really what they say in the video. I just want to make sure they can follow the directions. It says you have to do a video, turn on your camera. Um, And that tells me their personality type. So all of those together tells me if they can think and what their personality is. And as long as their personality fits the personality of our firm, which I think is not the stereotypical accounting firm, which is good. And then we can move forward and talk about hiring them. One of the things that um, Penny and I have talked a fair bit about, and it's actually quite interesting you say about the personality of the firm is, don't try to clone yourself and, and find people that compliment you, et cetera. Like if, if you look at your, your team of, um, was it six or six or eight? We have six, including me, and then our three outsourced. And then the three outsourced. So, yeah, so across the across the six, are they, the other five, are they clones of you or how do, how do the, oh, the no, what is the <laughs> I am one of a kind. Oh, no, they are. <laughs> <one of a kind. laughs> Let's talk about Beth. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it was, it was interesting uh, when she when she introduced me to, um, can I say Cindy? Yeah. Cindy. And she told me, she goes, Cindy is really good at what she does. She's excellent at what she does, but she doesn't like calling clients or talking to clients. So I've got Kirsty over here, who's also very good at what she does, but enjoys talking to clients and, and, and contacting clients. And the two of them support each other in that endeavor. Yep. And... I was like going, brilliant. And then they hired Beth, who um, doesn't, she. Beth will do anything she can do if we just tell her how to do it. She is a, I'm going to tackle this task. I don't care if I know how to do it or not. We're going to make it work. And then and, and then she's got several other interns that you floated in and out. We have. And we recently um, have Hannah, who is a new hire, who came on just a couple of weeks before our retreat and she came to our retreat and got to be with everybody and saw what they did. And she actually pulled me aside. She goes, I knew I made the right decision. She goes, other people said, keep looking, keep looking. But I knew this was the firm for me. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for people who want to be here, who want to grow with us, who, in my opinion, my goal would be to grow it to 15 employees so we can ESOP. So everyone who stays and works hard becomes an owner. 
That's the goal. We're all building this firm. We're all making the decisions. So therefore we should all reap the rewards. And, and Rachel, let's keep going on the team side, because you said you'd change the organizational structure to set yourself up for growth. What were some of those changes that you made um, so uh, to, to the org? A manager, and I'm teaching her how to do the management of the firm in terms of the workflow. We have Kirsty, who is in charge of all our outsourced bookkeeping and in charge of training bookkeepers. Hannah is first because she's new. She'll train as a bookkeeper first and then move into the accounting realm because she is an accountant. But I feel it's really important for her to know both sides. Um, and Beth is in charge of, she does some bookkeeping, but she's in charge of me. She's in charge of go figure. She keeps me on task so that I can go out and I can meet with clients and do the networking and set things up for everyone else to work on. She keeps me sane. And she says, I'm a lot, just for the record, I'm a lot. <laughs> and, and when Rachel uh, also, uh, one of the things I had mentioned to her, and I, because I, you know, we, the last time we got together was when we went to the Dominican right before COVID. And that was we, one we of did, our retreats. We were in one of the retreats, and they spent a week in the Dominican. Um, but um, at that point, she had three offices, and she was telling me that she shut down one because she found she didn't need it. So one of the things with Profit First is you don't ignore things, you analyze and you look at where your expenses are. And if you don't have enough money in your operating expense account, therefore there's something wrong. One of the things we found was we did not need three offices. We needed two. And we were already digital well before that. And then this year we looked at it and we said, well, we don't need the traditional office. We moved into a Regis space in New Jersey. And so we have a dedicated office for two people. They always have an admin there so they can take in mail and packages. Clients can drop it off and put it in our secure office. So everything is secure and safe. However, five days a month, I can work in anywhere in the country in a Regis office. So when I had to go to Rhode Island, I worked from the Regis office there because I was meeting with clients and working during the day. If I need to go out to Seattle, there's one there. There's one in San Antonio. I can go anywhere in the country and have an office. And I saved over $14,000 a year doing it. Wow. And I, we had the same thing with, with WeWork when we were at Receipt Bank. And the nice thing about that is exactly the same thing. When we're in San Francisco, we can use the use the meeting spaces, use the uh, office spaces of WeWork. And so that network around the world. How's the team responded? And, and in, in terms of post-COVID, um, this idea of we can work anywhere and how come two people do go into the office? What's, what's their sort of situation? So most... Most of my employees go into the office because we have a good time. So we like going yeah. into the office. But we were already digital and out on an ASP server. So when COVID hit, we were down for a half hour because people had to drive their computers to their houses. That was it. Mm -hmm. Everything else, I, and I had to set up at home, so I wasn't even down a half hour. I'll take credit for that one. Yep, that's all Penny. <laughs> that is all Penny. Um so we weren't down and we were able to do whatever our clients needed. And with all the changes with PPP and the rules and everything, I mean, we worked a ton of hours, but it was fine. And when we came back, we put our computers back in the office and we were up and running again. It wasn't even a blip for us. 
And what about down in Florida? Um, what's the setup down there? It's, we have an office in Winter Garden, Florida. And like I said, we love it. We just, we have a good time when we go to work. We have lunch yeah. together. We hang out. Thursdays, we have bagels that come in from a client every week. It's great. So, so Rachel, what I mean, you 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 speak to a lot of other CPAs, and and you're you're visiting with a, a friend CPA today. What's yeah, your advice was, was, to? Yeah. What's well, what's your advice uh, to firm owners that are that are struggling? Because I mean, we constantly hear people, um, practitioners, accountants can't find good people, um, young kids don't want to work, and all this type of stuff, and and finding people is really difficult. What, what's your advice to them? So first of all, you have to be true to yourself. So my branding, as well as how I run the firm, is very much my personality. And that's one of the reasons that I'm, I went on my own, because I wanted to do certain things and change things that I could not do. Um, and then hire for personality. You can train the skill. People can learn that. You cannot train people to be themselves. So if they're the right personality fit for your culture, then you can train them on anything you need them to do. And do you think being in office and being physical, physically present, do you think that's an important part of your culture? Do you, do you sort of see the recruiting people in Nashville recruiting elsewhere or do you, do you like the physical so presence of being with people? That might actually. Yeah, everybody's different. But what I find is getting the staff together if they're not in the same office is very important. I can't, yeah. I, we have Zoom meetings every week and that's fine, but physically getting them together for four or five days a year makes a huge difference in how the team integrates together and works. And like I said, we adjust things. So if somebody doesn't like doing a certain task and someone else does, we move it. Okay, you're not in charge of that. Great. You like doing it. If you like doing what you're doing all day long, you don't care how much time it takes. Does it kind of sound like the things we've been talking about, Damien? Yeah, exactly. Like I, I do like you've got to be true to yourself. And I, I think that's a, that's a critically important one. And you've got to decide on what you want to be when you grow up. Because otherwise, if you're just going through the motions, um, it's going to be miserable. Well, and that's the thing. A stereotypical CPA firm which we are not, is not a fun place to go to work and they overwork the staff and they underappreciate the staff and they don't tell them when they do anything right. And a lot of times when they're doing something wrong, they don't train them on what they did wrong. So they continue to make the same mistake. We don't yeah. do any of that. We are all involved and all working. And, and Rachel, maybe um, go figure accounting. What are the types of services that you're providing? Because I think that probably is a, a differentiator as well from the people are working on things that they actually enjoy working on versus churning out another tax return. Um, what are the types of services that you offer and, and the types of clients that you look for? So our main business is small service businesses. So... Um, I always call them licensed professionals. We do electricians, we do doctors, we do attorneys, we do real estate professionals. Um, that's our main, not that we don't have anything else. I have a wonderful bagel shop and a fantastic manufacturing, but our main businesses are all service businesses. Um, 
And on that regard, they do bookkeeping, accounting, and tax, right? We do bookkeeping, accounting, tax, and profit first. So what we can do financials. I don't do financials anymore because I find them unnecessary and a waste of my client's money. And I really don't like that. Um, so I tend to call the banks and tell them you don't need that. You can do this. And for the most part, they take my advice on that. They may need a CPA letter, but they take it for what it is. If I have to charge them $4,000 to do a formal financial that they can get the same numbers out of QuickBooks, it's a waste of my client's money. And I'm not a big fan in that. And we try to teach. And a waste of your time. Yeah. We teach profit first. So my clients are successful. And we can prove it works because we're doing it. And if my clients are in business 30 years from now, I will be in business 30 years from now. And let's go on to profit first next. But just one quick one quick follow-up question. From a tax perspective, my guess is you don't have a big individual practice outside of the the, the business owners that's that you're working with. That was, that, that's been brought up several times today. Go yes. Ahead. So we, we have a decent size is what I will call it. We do a, about 600 individual returns. So okay. what happened is we never marketed for them. Um, all the business owners, obviously, we do their business returns and their personals. And then everyone they know, they kept sending to us. Um, we have just made the decision everywhere but in the, near the Florida office. We will no longer accept any individuals that are not attached to a business. Mm-hmm. Um, one more question before we go to profit first. And I think this, this digs a little deeper in terms of your relationship with Penny and Money Penny. Um, first of all, what type of work is the team, is Penny's team doing for you? And, uh, and how do the clients feel about that? How does the team feel about that? So Penny's team does whatever I ask them to do. I am the queen of, okay, they're going to handle bookkeeping um, and then special projects. I am the queen mm-hmm. of the special projects. I get a messy client in. I need some analysis. I need all this stuff done. I give it to them. And then our team has no issues with them whatsoever. They communicate back and forth. They they set you know process and procedure with them, which we have our standards. So there's only a few here and there little client specifics. And they go back and forth. And I mean, I, I rarely talk to Penny anymore because there's just no issues. Um, except except once a year in Nashville or except once a year in Nashville or the Dominican or the Dominican Republic. How fast can you get on a plane and meet me? here? Yeah. Um, and that was because we were looking at another firm and I knew I wanted somebody else to look from their perspective and not just mine, but there's just no issues. My clients don't care. I tell them, you yep. know, if they ask, I tell them, you know, do I hide it? No, of course not. They got to know. You know what? My clients love the fact that I have a 24 hour workforce because that's how I look at it. They're part of my team. Mm-hmm. They're, they're on my server. They have access to my clients. They do their job. They allow us to do other things. So they do their part, we do our part, and the client's happy. That's all the client wants. They want to be happy. And they pay their bills. Yes. And they pay up front. 
Love that. Let's um, fantastic. Thank you for that. Um, let's go over to profit first, and, and Penny, maybe we get Michael and Mike and Ron on um, one of our episodes as well, just to s- sort of hear straight from the the founders' mouths, so to speak. But pr- profit first professional. Um, just for any listeners out there, um, Rachel, what's the what's the high level um, theory behind profit first? I mean, it's in the name, but. <laughs> So Profit First is a book by Mike Michalowicz. Ron Shaharan runs the company for Profit First Professionals. And the basis is how to run your business based on cash flow to make it easier because business owners don't understand financials. Accountants understand financials, but most of the time, by the time they're looking at those numbers, it's too late. You're already behind. So this is a way to manage cash flow and make decisions based on the cash flow so that you can always have profit, you can always stay in business, and you can pay down debt and grow. And um, what, what's the impact on your own practice been? Obviously, the 130% up on, on profit, but what, um, how big of a change was that for you and how you ran your own firm? So I did exactly what I tell my clients not to do. And I jumped all into my target allocations because that's the type of girl I am. And I said, if the allocations don't work, I can always tweak them, but I'm going to go for the gold and come back from there rather than doing a one or 2% at each time. So what I did then is I adjusted it three months in, which is what they recommended. And Again, we're up 33% in sales, net profits up 187%, but it changes your logic. So I'll give you an example. I went to buy a car and I can afford a Tesla and I really, really wanted a Tesla. So last November, we went and test drove the Tesla for the model I wanted. (laughs) It was $53,000 and it was okay. So I said to my husband, let's just hold off. I'm going to go drive the Honda. So I... Test drove the Honda Accord Hybrid Touring Model. So it's the highest model of the hybrid. And I said to him, well, that was nice too. Tesla's 53. The Honda was less than 32. I'm thinking profit first. I'm like, I drive 12 minutes to work. I bought the Honda. <laughs> so, but it does backfire, I will tell you. Because my husband turned around and bought an Audi Q5 because he said, well, you didn't spend the money, so I did. <laughs> so... <laughs> Help me, it also hurt me a little bit because I did not make that advantage. But it makes you think differently. I did not need the Tesla and I don't need a Porsche or Maserati. Can I get them? Sure, I can. My Honda's great though. But this is the kind of stuff she talks to her small business clients about. So what what she Mm. does, and and I know this because she and I talk about, I mean, I might be the queen of getting you uh, technologically set up and process and procedure and giving you the right team to work. But I suck big time at numbers. I, got, I was so impressed today the way you looked at those things and came up with the goddamn calculations without even using a calculator. But I suck at numbers. So, you know, and I know all about this envelope system. My mother gave it to me when I was a kid. But the way she presented it to me, was exactly what she does is she tells you a story that fits the business. So this is the way your business is. And she gave me a story that fit my business. And I was able to look at the numbers differently. 
And I think that in order to be able to do that, you have to sympathize with the business owner. You have to understand what the business owner is coming from. And you have to have been in their books several times. Um, they have they have master admin access to my books, right? Rachel is my CPA, um, even though she was a client. But she was a client before she was my CPA. I picked her because I watched her work with her team and I watched her work with her clients. And that's why I picked her as my CPA. But she tells a story that a small business owner understands. And the financials don't do that. One of the things that I always say is I went into private accounting first. I know how to run businesses and I run my own business. I, I'm a business owner just like everyone else. And if I can do profit first, anybody can do profit first. I don't suggest things to my clients. I haven't done and tried myself. I went and got advanced certified. I went and passed that and got mastery certified because this is life changing. I have been a business owner for decades. I have never been as profitable and the least amount of debt and all my taxes are paid in full. No installment plans. It's amazing. And she takes a vacation and her team does too, whenever they want. Yep. And three day weekends during summer, three day, uh, four day weeks during the summer. Um, well, not Which just pretty... the summer. It's literally the end of tax season until uh, December 1st. Roughly. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah there are very few that, extensions. Really yeah. yeah, we try not to do extensions. We want to keep our three-day weekends. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's summer hours on, on steroids. Can I ask, Rachel, in terms of, as you said, you got certified, you got master certified. Did you, did you have the personality to to talk with your clients about their business before Profit First and Profit First was just a really good framework to talk with them about it? Or did you have to develop a, a skill set of being comfortable talking to, to clients? And I guess the question I'm trying to ask there is how much of your success is you and your personality and how much of it is the Profit First methodology that you've successfully implemented? And I, I think that's probably a bit of a loaded question. I don't know, but I'm just sort of curious in, in your, your thoughts. So I've been able to talk to anybody. Um, as you can tell, I'm not shy. So <laughs> in terms of talking to clients, I've been able to talk to them, but getting them to understand was always something different. So by framing it with profit first and framing it as cash flow and knowing the accounting side, we can help them on the other end anyway and we still do tax planning etc complements it and it puts it in a way where any of my clients can comprehend it we're not talking about net income we're talking mm. about your company your growth keeping your numbers clean if you don't have money at the end of your allocation period in opex that means your expenses are too high we need to look at where we can cut or we have to increase sales you have one of the two ways. If you have extra money, do you need more people? Do you need to do more advertising? Where are we going to go with that to help you grow and succeed? And that's what it comes down to. It's a different way of looking at it. It's not, I work really, really hard, so I'm going to hire four people. No, if there's not enough money in your OPEX at the end of your period to hire those four, you're not hiring four anymore. Something else is wrong. Maybe it's your workflow. Maybe it's the fact you didn't do your billing. So your money didn't come in the door. 
And that's what we analyze with them. It's a completely or, different way of looking at the business. Yeah, or, or sort of maybe maybe you're billing after the fact, whereas, and so that's impacting your cash flow, which is therefore having a knock-on effect of your ability to bring on new people. So let's look at the, the root cause of that, um, that, that billing side of things or, or, or the, the invoicing side of things. through client advisory services. Yeah, it's you? all client advisory. It switches the conversation completely. And even in successful businesses, I have a client who just finished his first year and he said to me, one of his concerns was his OPEX only had $9,000 in the bank. And I said, yeah, that's a lot. You shouldn't have that much. It should be between one and two. He said, but I used to have 30 in there. And I made him open up his books and look at his bank accounts. I said, look, you have double what you used to have in there because they're just in the different accounts. Your OPEX is an easy way to know if you have enough money to operate your business. That's what it's all about. Operations. That's it. Your profit's there. Your tax is there. He has a debt pay down account. His, he just put in a pool and was able to pull out extra distribution money and paid off his pool in a year. And it's a really mm. nice pool. You know, <laughs> he's amazed. And he said to me, I didn't look at it that way. I said, yeah, you have double the money in your bank accounts than you ever did before. And you have no debt. And he just- And your taxes also- are taken care of and- Taxes are taken care of, and he just remodeled the entire office and paid cash. So you see why she can double her fees with her clients, and they don't want to leave. Yeah, and it's it, it's a it's a different conversation. It's not about the tax man. It's not about um, it, it's not about compliance. It's about this growth and rely. It, it's I won't say it's reliance, about- but it's about this. Yeah, it's all yeah, about, yeah, about success. success. Yeah. If my clients are successful, I will be successful. And I tell potential clients when they talk to me, I said, look, I'm going to give you my opinion. If you don't want it, don't come here because I can't keep my mouth shut. I want you to succeed. If you don't like my opinions, don't come here. Now, um, I know you're in Nashville and I know a, a honky-tonk bar is, is calling your name, but if you wouldn't yeah, mind, yeah. should we keep... We're 15 minutes over, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say, do you, do you mind if we just go for a, cut, for a little bit longer? Um, sure, am I, am I, I'm, I'm, I just don't want to be holding you back from happy hour. That's the only thing. No, no you're good. You're good. You're good. Well, I'm waiting for my nephew who gets out of Vanderbilt and he's meeting us for dinner. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, I love Nashville. Some phenomenal restaurants um, around the around the traps. Anyway, um, let's keep going so that we uh, we get out in a timely manner. Um, you said growth. You, you said your 12-month goal is to grow 30%. Is that going to be organic or through acquisition? Or, or you'll go, grow 30% through what you're currently so, doing? So that's just through what we're currently doing. That was not including yeah. any acquisitions. And, and you have a marketing person? We have M Agency, which is an ad okay. agency that handles everything. They named my company. They do all my branding, my social media, my website. If you haven't checked out my website, it has a dancing guy that everybody loves. I get more comments on that dancing guy because he's kind of my personality, not the stereotypical accountant. And in terms of acquisition, then um, what what are you looking for in an acquisition? And again, it's that's not part of your thirty percent. But what what are you looking for in a, a firm to acquire? If I'm looking at a firm to acquire, it has to be one that I frankly has issues, and I know I can turn it around and turn it around quickly. 
Um, I look at the personality of the people there that would stay and see if I have anybody in place to move in there. And if the personalities are a mix and I know I'll have a buy-in, then I move forward. And is it any particular size? Like, are you looking for $500,000? Are you looking for, I'm, I'm just trying to think if there's listeners, um, then then maybe give you a call. But but also just trying to get a better sense of the, what, what sort of it's fees not, do you think? It's not really the size. It's about what type of business. So our niche is small businesses. So if it's yeah. an individual tax practice, I'm not interested. If they're doing auditing, I don't want it. I don't do auditing. I don't like auditing. I find it boring. But if they're helping small business owners and they're doing bookkeeping and tax planning and accounting, absolutely, I'm in. So if anyone is listening and, and they're looking at, uh, at what their exit plan is and ticks the boxes for uh, for Rachel, um, get in touch with us and, and we'll connect you. Um, but uh, so, Penny, you, you've known Rachel for a long time. What else do we want to make sure she shares with the audience on today's, uh, knowing full well that we can we can uh, have another episode, but but what what do you want? Is there anything else you wanted to make sure we covered in today's conversation with uh, with Rachel? Yeah, the, the other things that Rachel does and she does and, and it's she's she's jumped through hoops to get to the right workflow. And, you know, and I always told her, I said, whatever workflow everybody works in and is happy with is the best workflow. And it doesn't really matter, but they have found good workflow and they all follow it. They are they they follow the the the, the clients, the work type the statuses and the, and the priority and the due dates that gets done. The other thing that, that um, they have become very, very good at because that whole word document with the, with the, with the process and procedure was just kludgy as all get out is that um, we adapt the process and procedure as we go. Um, most of them, like she said, she standardizes everything as much as possible, but the uniqueness of each client and the uniqueness of the person working on that client is in that procedure. So consequently, my when she says we don't talk a lot, it's because my supervisor on her team, my India supervisor, actually manages everything because she's got the workflow down, she's got the procedures down, she's got everything flowing through so that everybody can focus on what needs to be done today can project what they need to do in the future, load level themselves, and Rachel has time to be the main rainmaker for this company. And she is now helping because she's been at it for four years. And because well, you got Cindy when you opened up that office in Winter Garden, and I, I remember yeah, you telling I me bought the practice yeah. in Winter and Garden. And she, she told me when she goes, she goes, when I buy this practice penny, I don't know how this young lady's going to work out. And she, Cindy's just a godsend. I, I love Cindy's but, fantastic. And when I bought that firm four years ago, we they had weren't no digital. Oh, she I had that. no I idea what workflow was. And, and I came in and I'm sure I made her head spin, but she is amazing. <laughs> she is my manager. I know. She told me, she goes, yeah. I don't know if this is going to work because we did all their conversions for them. Mm -hmm. uh, they took it. We took them out of Drake and put them in Lucert and took them out of Drake and put them in QuickBooks Online. And uh, we did, we did like something like 200 conversions, in like a matter of months. But it, but the other thing too, is that everybody is supportive of the other. Everybody 
fall. Everybody knows that they're supposed to follow these rules. And if the rules don't work for them, they have an opportunity to raise their hand and say, this isn't working for me. And is it not working? For, and they can discover, is it not working for me because I can't do it? Is it not working for me because overall this process doesn't work? Is it not working for me because of the client? So they go through all of those things constantly. And um, they just, so workflow procedures, everything she did. And now Cindy's at the point where she's going to become the second rainmaker. Mm -hmm. And that was, I, that was the first time I heard that this week when you told me that. And I was like going, oh my God. And can you imagine four years ago, you didn't even know she'd figure out how to do digitize her tax return. Yep. We had no idea what she was capable of because although she was an accountant, the previous owner used her as a secretary. So we had no idea. And, you know, she is all in with profit first and she gets it and she understands and she does allocations with clients and it just, it's amazing. And just for the record, that practice acquisition got paid off two years early and the SBA initial loan got paid off two years early because of profit first. I think we can end on that one. Impressive. So and, <laughs> um, Rachel, this has been fantastic. Um, I, I, we, we, we did meet, we've met a couple of times over the years and um, Penny's always referenced you and, and it's been an absolute delight learning more and, and actually hearing it from you rather than hearing it uh, hearing it secondhand from Penny. Um, but it, it does go to show that the importance of, of having purpose, um, making decisions with intent um, and, and and I think the last four years, it sounds like it's been one hell of a ride and can't wait to, to see what the next four, five, however many years um, have in store for you. So um, thank you very much for talking with us candidly, for sharing the, the, the good, the bad and the ugly. Uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll get you back on uh, assuming strategy in the virtual controller is still going. Uh, we'd love to have you back on to, yeah. to get an update. We'll see what happens out of this yeah. Nashville discussion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was great. It, nice to talk to you again, Damien. And anytime you want me, just let me know. Thank you very much, Rachel. I'll let you both go uh, and enjoy the, the sights and sounds of, uh, of Nashville. Penny, always a pleasure. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, satvc.co is where you can find uh, any um, documents or any articles. We'll get the Profit First website up there. We'll get Rachel's website up there so you can uh, check her, check out the, the Dancing Man. Um, but otherwise, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, folks. Bye. Bye.